1: what's up you guys it is not sean ross sap okay it is kate and it is robert de felice doing my best sean ross sap impression to open the show he is in chicago eating deep dish pizza probably turning into a cubs fan instead of a reds fan who knows what he's doing out there probably enjoying rampage tonight um but we are holding it down here I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to tell you to leave a thumbs up on this video so people can find us on YouTube. I'm going to tell you to send in those super chats because it's the best way that you can support Fightful. Uh, And you can also go to fightfulselect.com and for just $5 a month and up, you can get the best accurate news (laughs) in wrestling. And there's more coming down the pike. More about Adam Cole coming up next week. Tons of reports coming out of Chicago. That's what Sean told me. I'm very excited to read it. I'm subscribed. It costs less for an entire month than my coffee did this morning, which is embarrassing to admit. Which is is sickening,
2: but it's so much more worth it because it's going to keep you going for an entire month. That's that's, so true. And that's why we're here. We're here for all the stuff about Adam Cole. We're here for the exclusive interviews. We're here for all the Chicago shenanigans. And most of all, we're here for SmackDown and Rampage.
1: That is exactly right. Very excited. SmackDown? not bad not the greatest
2: listen in wwe terms not bad is pretty damn great so shout out smackdown for being not bad
1: shout out to all of smackdown for being not bad uh and then rampage i thought was really strong you know these one hour episodes when when they are stacked like this just absolutely fly by i feel like these episodes are like 20 minutes robert
2: yeah they really are um I'm seeing in the comments that it's saying my mic wasn't working. So tell me if my mic is working now because I ah, got a lot of these technical issues.
1: We could hear you, but now you just sound a little better.
2: All right. All right. <laughs> so, we- we,
1: so we like it, Robert. We like hearing you and we like you guys sending in super chats um, right off the top. I mean, there's there's just super chats coming in about Eddie. Eddie's D's nuts bit that. <laughs> Coming in from Van Twinblade. I this is the thing that I popped hardest at all night. I was so excited about it. It absolutely cracked me up. If PWT doesn't have a t-shirt with that on it like in seconds. I I got to say like that's on them.
2: Redeem D's nuts. Look, Eddie is a good man from Yonkers, New York and it oozes out of everything he says and does and that might have been the line of the night.
1: I mean, he's not a God-fearing man. I think we found that one out really early.
2: <laughs> no, I the Eddie Kingston may be the first person not named Vincent Kennedy McMahon I've ever seen. Shoot on Jesus. So the man basically <laughs> said, I'm not here for Jesus. He's ugly. I don't even believe in him. Let's let, let's just go, Miro. This was one of the most intense segments of the night and i love eddie kingston because eddie kingston is real he exudes reality and that's what i love
1: you're so right robert there were uh multiple times that cm punk mentioned that eddie kingston was like are you nervous uh or had said like why are you nervous to cm punk like everyone's so excited to see you and he was like i don't know man i just am and i was like oh right eddie kingston's never been nervous in his entire life which is what <laughs>
2: That That is a fallacy. It. We know that this man gets nervous when there's pyro around, but that's okay. If you know no there's no pyro around, he's coming for your throat. And I think Miro might be in trouble come Chicago.
1: I think so too. Or at least I'm hoping this feud continues to Arthur Ashe. Um, we've got Rob Reed saying, this was the best Rampage yet. Super fun show. I'm a punk mark. So that's the best Rampage yet. Just because of that moment. Maybe like card wise i I agree with you, um, but yeah, i mean i i'm I'm a just the punk nerd, so the debut swept me away. but I thought this was a really solid show from front to back. and we're gonna dive into it right now. Um, we kicked off with Malachi Black and Lee. I think Malachi Black is the coolest person in the world.
2: i was watching the show with somebody, and when he came up from the ground, I just said, he's so effing cool. Like he's so Malachi Black is so cool. He's everything that a wrestler would want to be in terms of character and really getting the chance to be himself. And I love everything he puts together. I I do have some issues with how this match went because I thought Johnson got too much offense in. You know, I thought Malachi Black should have just been running through people. There's no reason this went through a commercial. This should have went through a commercial. And I just would have rather Malachi kept killing people, really. He got there eventually, but it was too long. It was too long. A drawn-out murder, I'd say.
1: A drawn-out murder. I love it. That's a double-edged sword with me. I tend to agree with you, but I think it is difficult, especially on Rampage and not Dynamite. Like, maybe you do want to showcase these younger talents more. Um, Get them some TV time. I I kind of am with you, though. I did love a few spots in here. The Tope Suicida from Lee into the barricades was just absolutely bananas. And my favorite thing about this match was Malachi Black uh, offering the chair. Like, just such a cool, nuanced thing, I thought... I would say in 97% of cases, that's an insane thing to do. Say, hey, take this chair. But if you're describing yourself as he has as the devil with amnesia, uh, yeah, he's badass enough to pull that off. Robert, what did you think of that spot?
2: I do like this. I like that he's not only trying to corrupt an innocent soul, but he's saying, I can take your anger. I will absorb your anger for you. Now, of course, Lee Johnson hesitant to pull the trigger so he gets the trigger pulled on him black mass one two three i did notice that commentary said there won't be a disqualification but there would be fines so i don't know if aew has kind of like thrown out traditional disqualification in wrestling they haven't had one yet but that's an interesting note that i'm going to keep my eye on in the future
1: And we've got a couple of Super Chats about this. We have Rob Reed asking, has anybody found Lee Johnson's head after that black mask? If they did, they're in like the 10th row. I don't know what to tell you because he, that might be the best black mask that we've seen from him in AEW.
2: I believe they specifically had a trainer in the crowd to catch it and be able to reattach it to his head. So they're good on that front because AEW, they think about these things. It's
1: Important because he's gonna decapitate more people, Robert.
2: Yeah, and they care about their wrestlers. So thankfully they do have measures in place to stop these things.
1: We also have a super chat from Evan Wright that said Malachi versus Dustin is what I need that will rule. Yeah, I think that is is gonna be great. We saw him come in at the end of this match, uh, and then give a promo after. Robert, what did you think about him coming in after this match? I think we all maybe saw this coming and also his promo at the end there.
2: Dustin Rhodes is still killing it past the age of 50. Love everything he's doing. I like that he's saying, I can handle the darkness. I've been through the darkness for five decades. The business is sleazy. Dustin has felt all of it. And he's prepared to take on Malachi Black on Wednesday. I'm sure he'll still get killed. I think (laughs) Cody eventually comes in for the match at Arthur Ashe. But so far, I like where this is going. And we got another super chat here from Fluffy Panda. Love that name. That says, Malachi is playing with his food like Andre the Giant. And a fraction of the size, but all of the <laughs> just intensity and just malintent of Andre the Giant. And I got to say, I love it.
1: I love it, too. And him saying, playing with his food like Andre the Giant. When Dustin came into the ring, uh he kind of retreated, but it wasn't like in an I'm scared of you way. It was like in this kind of like cutesy way playing with his food is like kind of an appropriate metaphor. Cause normally I wouldn't like, like someone runs to the ring. You just laid out this dominating performance and you retreat, but it was kind of this like cutesy, like ah uh, 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 not yet thing, which I, I really liked. How did you feel about that one?
2: I like it too. You know, uh, I really, I like all the nuances that go into these stories because these guys play off of body language more than anything. And I think Malachi Black exists in that realm. He had said when he was in WWE, he tried to have little references to his opponents. And he worked a lot with Paul Heyman, who is the master of subtlety. So I think they're in good hands. We got another one here from CM that says, Malachi is basically what the Undertaker would be as a modern character. And I love Mm it. I think Undertaker was so over the top, but there is definitely elements of The Undertaker in Malachi Black.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Malachi Black is such an interesting character because it has the otherworldly influence, but it still seems very grounded in reality. And for him to enter into the storyline with the Nightmare family, I think is such a great way to introduce that. Like he has, obviously, like his eye is getting more and more black every week. He's talking in these kind of more abstract promos but like it feels very real when he goes and kicks somebody in the head. Like it doesn't feel so cartoonish or like even in the way of Bray Wyatt felt. And I liked a lot of what Bray did, but this just feels like an incredible balance of like taking otherworldly stuff and, and putting it in the very real context of, of these matches and these stories. I'm I've been so in on this and his awesome entrance (laughs) from the beginning.
2: You know, I gotta say it's, I'm very concerned about this man's eye. It looks abhorrent. There's got to be just things growing on there by now. What's wrong with him? Can he get some medical help, please? We talked about how they like to take care of their talent. Can we get some help for this man's eye? It's really getting infected.
1: It's it's not looking good. I don't know if he needs a Z-Pack like CM Punk needed 100 of them at the end of his run.
2: But <laughs> gotta be something or like maybe leeches to get out whatever is there i something has to give with that eye. very concerned uh we got another super chat here from james barris that says how did wd screw up malachi it wasn't hard to let this guy get himself over uh i'm gonna go ahead and say and maybe i can speak for you they don't like to give anybody control and that's why he didn't get over
1: yeah from what I've read and what I've heard from sources, no, just just like around it, just seems mostly like Tony Khan was like, Yeah, cool, go do that. Like <laughs> this seems like a Malachi Black creation from start to finish. And to WWE's credit, they have a ton of stakeholders. There's so many people that they yeah. have to consider. Um, So I never try to go too hard on that because it is such a big ecosystem over there. There's a lot more voices that can crowd like cloud creative a lot, I think. But from from all intents and purposes, it sounds mostly like Malachi Black was like, I have this idea. And they were like, yeah, go
2: ahead. (laughs) Honestly, one of those things, if I ever if I ever got to speak to Vince, one of the first questions I'd ask would be, you regret going public? Like is that something you regret doing because you lose so much control there and I wonder sometimes.
1: Yeah, you really do. Uh it's it's such a double-edged sword, right? It's they're the most resourced company in the world but now kind of feels like they're the most handcuffed. We also have a super chat from Matt Reichel who says Cody saves his brother next week, which is an interesting thought yeah. because This isn't appearing at all out from what we know so far. Do you think that Cody comes in there and then we're setting up to Arthur Ashe or does this happen a little bit later in your minds?
2: I mean, we only have two weeks once we get to Wednesday for Arthur Ashe. So you got to have it at some point, maybe if not next week, the week after. But it's got to be before Arthur Ashe because I don't think Cody wants to miss that show in Queens.
1: Yeah, neither do I, and I'm going.
2: You are going. You're going with Sean Ross South. Please treat him to a good New York time. The man deserves it.
1: <laughs> I will do my best as long as he doesn't cravat me. Like he's been telling everyone he is going to. No, it's um, terrible. But moving on from this match and from the backstage segment that uh Dustin gave us, which I also thought was fantastic. Speaking to his experience, talking about how there's nothing he hasn't seen before, we move right into man, Miro and Eddie Kingston. Oh, Lord. Wow. All around, I mean, if there's not like a million super chats for D's nuts, like I don't know what to tell you, but uh, <laughs> this whole segment too, and I don't want that line to get in the way of the fact that the rest of this entire segment was fantastic, I felt like, from both sides. They laid out something that in one week has made this feel very personal, very important, and I I mean, this is just going to be... a barn burner, and I hope a multi-match feud. Robert, what did you think of this segment?
2: I think this proves, again, the importance of the promo, of the verbal skills, because sometimes we just run back, match after match after match. You don't need that. Miro has proven that week in and week out. The man just comes to the ring. He talks about... Most times he's not even in the ring. He just talks about Jesus. He talks about his flexible (laughs) wife. And then he just... He just says what he loves, and he loves hurting people in the name of his Lord. And here's the thing. He is like an old-timey barbarian that's like, God told me to do this, and so I'm going to murder you brutally for my Lord. (laughs) And Eddie Kingston, the street-smart New Yorker who's probably seen nothing but hell in his life, said, look, I don't believe in your God. Even if I did, he's ugly, and he sent me here. To kick your ass because you are a sinner and off they went to fighting and i gotta say for somebody who is street smart he let miro bait him in i was a little surprised about that but this whole segment was gangbusters top notch and of course the redeem these nuts line <laughs> Just, that is a t-shirt
1: that is a t-shirt i was tweeting about it several times stop with your softball charity tournaments, PWT, okay? Get on it with with the t-shirt. Just kidding. Charity tournaments are great. Um, I thought this segment was great too. I loved the King talk that uh, that he opened with, just talking about his King and Eddie calling himself a King. Um, I, I always now pop because we get to hear the phrase bullshit because this is on so late um but the other thing i loved that eddie said is every move i do is your weakness right you want to tell a story in a hurry just talk about how you're gonna go after this guy's neck incessantly for an entire match because you know what he's gonna do in that match he's gonna try and go after his neck incessantly for an entire match and bam all of a sudden it feels so personal so we've got some super chats coming in
2: about this yeah, we got one from uh, JB Love saying, Eddie and rules. The Street Fighter atheist angle is the perfect counterpoint to Miro's Eastern European battle Jesus. More of this. And I got to agree, more of this. I do think this is more than a one match feud. I think uh, Miro might lose it at Arthur Ashe to Eddie Kingston, who could very well be the best guy to be a TNT champion because he can make it From a mid-card belt where anybody gets a shot to now it's a brawler belt. Now it's, you know, anybody who tries to take this from me is taking food off my table and I'm going to kill you. And I think that's a good way to go with this belt. But I I did also notice there was no mention of the flexible wife tonight. Do you think that that's intentional? Do you think that at some point we see CJ Perry should know there's been no mention that she would be going to AEW, but... He mentions her so much and we know she's got a wrestling background. It's got to be coming at some point.
1: I would think so. Some people are speculating it's at all out. I don't know. It just doesn't feel that way to me. And I did notice it was omitted tonight, but I I felt like that was almost because this promo felt like a little different than these backstage things that he's been doing. Like he was yeah. talking more to Eddie than talking about how he's the redeemer and stuff. So, I don't know if that's what's coming in Chicago. Um, uh, but I think at some point we see her, her 90 days is up. So she is available contract wise. I think maybe it happens like after he drops the belt and she has to come in and, and get him back on track. I think that could be a really interesting angle. Uh, but who knows, man, they're, they're absolutely full of surprises and I'm sure all out is going to be the exact same way. So, uh, yeah, uh,
2: we got another one here from Chuck Cassis that says God's favorite champion is going to win this one for his God and celebrate it with his wife. And I think that's what Miro's hoping for. Uh, But as reported by Fightful Select, Kip Sabian's in town. Do you think Kip Sabian is either back for vengeance or maybe even going to realign with Miro since he was forgiven and redeemed? Do you think Kip Sabian factors in any way to what's happening here?
1: I mean, I did see that report on Fightful Select, which you can subscribe to at FightfulSelect.com for just five dollars. Uh, but I think he must be getting involved in some way. I really like that. They don't do a ton of distraction finishes. Maybe there's like a post-match situation. I, I can't tell if I just want this to happen so bad that Eddie Kingston goes over Miro at Arthur Ashe, or if it also makes logical sense, I think maybe a little bit of both, but I also think something that's great with Eddie is he could have the belt for a few months and then be a transitional champion to a Sammy Guevara, to a Jungle Boy, something like that, some a younger talent, but he's going to elevate that belt first, is what I'm thinking. Um, I don't. Nobody's
2: know. mentioned Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who I think is well overdue for gold in this promotion, and I could see Eddie Kingston dropping it to Max.
1: I could definitely see that. I could also, for some reason, I just feel like he doesn't even take that stepping stone. I think he takes it from Hangman, and not that long from now. Um, but he also doesn't seem to have anything to do after this Jericho situation. So you may be on to something there, Robert.
2: Yeah, You never know. But yeah, I did love this segment. I thought it couldn't get any better.
1: Yeah, I thought that was great. Evan Wright saying saw a Miro versus Ishii sign. (laughs) Uh, And they agree. What do you think about that?
2: Uh, Miro and Ishii would be a fun time. I'm surprised Ishii didn't step up to Mox, but yeah, I could see Ishii doing some stuff behind the Forbidden Door in due time.
1: I absolutely agree. We also have another super chat that says, when's Eddie versus God? Do you think it's going to be like a Shawn Michaels situation here?
2: Uh, It's a different, it'll be a different God. It won't be a God that's so willing to do jobs because of course I think Eddie Kingston is a different opponent than a Vincent Kenny McMahon. You know, I think it'll be more of a street fight with Eddie Kingston. Jesus in a battle... With Eddie Kingston in a down and dirty street fight, that's the match <laughs> I want to see. And Arthur Ashe. They our they thrash. did the they did the Mimosa <laughs> Mayhem last year. You got to do that with like a water and wine match. Like they,
1: oh, robert
2: dunking Eddie Kingston into wine. That's that's where yeah. we're going here.
1: Hire Robert for your creative. I you absolutely really should. Love that. <laughs> so we move on. Uh, so we got. Everybody versus Chris Statlander here. (laughs) Brett and Jamie and Rebel Reba. Glad to see her back. I guess she is healing faster or was at least cleared to do some spots here. Um, Full disclosure, I missed like half of this match because my dog really needed to go out. But I did see the beginning. I love seeing Britt Baker get a pop everywhere she goes. I think it's time to maybe turn her face. Don't change the character. Just book her as a face build up some of these heels, maybe have a Thunder Rosa Brit double turn at some point. What did you think of this match? And what do you think of where Brit is right now? Because it's kind of like calling Becky a heel right now. The way First of over. all,
2: I think it's yeah. utterly disrespectful of your dog to have to go to the bathroom when the doctor, the good doctor is on television. I, I like this match. I mean, handicap matches, they are what they are, you know, but I think Chris Statlander showed a lot of strength. Shows that she is one of the best baby faces in the division. But realistically, it's two humans against an alien. Should not the humans be the baby faces in this story? That's that's <laughs> what I want to know. I mean, have we gone so far against our own race? That is the question I'm asking here. But but honestly, you know, Chris Statlander has been undefeated since she came back, and she's been fantastic, much better than. Prior to the injury, I think she's really honed in to who she is. And I'm looking forward to the match on Sunday. Sadly, I don't think that there's a chance in hell she wins. So it's foregone (laughs) conclusion that the good doctor keeps the gold because she did just sign with them as of Wednesday. So good for the good doctor.
1: That is true. She broke that free agent news. Uh, You didn't get that on Fightful Select. You did on Fightful Select not select regular fightful get the news of adam cole's teeth being in good condition which is incredibly important but um, and we credit
2: the good doctor for that scoop good to know the man's got good teeth
1: that is true you gotta have that smile when you're facing the camera but from what i did see of this match before that stinker of my dog had to go out one thing that i really appreciate about chris is that uh because of her strength, first of all, I agree with you, by the way, that she has looked better post injury than she did beforehand. I think even her conditioning, like they gave her the right amount of time to come back. Cause she just looks in fantastic shape as well. But um, I, I appreciate that the type of strength that she has tends to slow down matches. And I think something that happens with these women's matches is they get a little bit overhyped. Sometimes we see like that's where red velvet, I think goes a little too crazy sometimes, but when you have like these giant power bomb spots and things like that. And you know, with Jamie, obviously you're talking strength versus strength. Like they slow down a little bit. It gets a little bit less sloppy. Everything tightens up when you're working at a slower pace. And I've absolutely loved that about the work Chris has done since she's returned. What do you think about Jamie? Like, I I really like her. I think she's a a future star for sure. Um,
2: The star we didn't know we needed. Jamie Hayter looks, moves, Axe wrestles like a star she is going to be huge within the next year and i can't wait to continue seeing that trajectory
1: i am really excited too and uh i hope you know just that she eventually pays attention to her physical condition at some point you know i don't want to like body shame but like I don't know, hit the weights, maybe, Jamie. She she is so (laughs) badass-looking.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's ever touched a weight in her life. Have you seen the lack of definition in the arms? This woman looks absolutely huge. She looks fantastic. She is going to be a star. And her and Jade Cargill will be in that battle royal. And that's a chance for them to show up and show out. And I'm here for it.
1: It's so much fun. I love... You know, everybody was throwing around like who the enforcer is gonna be. I don't think anybody thought it was gonna be Jamie. So um I absolutely love that. And Robert, we get uh actually, am I maybe this was when I was walking my dog pack versus Andrade on next week's rampage all hands. So, there it is. So that's so what I was that, sorry. That barely. is
2: <laughs> that is set for next week's rampage. They announced that when they announced a, uh, uh dustin versus malachi so i'm glad that we're getting it so soon i am not glad that we're not getting it on the pay-per-view but i will say make it the hour do the whole do a 40 minute just a 40 minute Pac andrade wrestling match at a cm punk promo and that's our rampage next week that's what i would do because that seems like a good time to me. yeah
1: i love that idea that is i'm i am so bummed this wasn't on the card too like i thought that was going to be the sleeper match now i think eddie kingston versus miro is going to be the one that people are talking about but um i i love that they're going to give it to us shortly after i do wish there were more stakes i don't know why this isn't for the triple a title i'm sure that's all very very complicated more than i'm giving it credit to but i well, love because the they, idea. it's not
2: for the triple a title because Andrade andre didn't make it that's okay you know sometimes <laughs> these things happen you get confused there's so much wrestling yeah. but i do want some stakes on this match and not just the custody of the lucha bros because as i've said they need to stop that
1: i know this divorced parents thing with the lucha bros going back and forth has been a little much i'm with you i was that's hoping
2: the thing. they're not even divorced parents they're like Dogs that everybody seems to think, oh, I want to take it home this week. Like, you can't do that. They are their own people. Please let them choose for themselves. I don't know why everybody's insisting on doing that.
1: I've been very... I was really hoping we were going to get uh, LFI coming over from ROH, that that was going to be like the first forbidden door thing. But there is a knee surgery that just happened to Roosh, so that's definitely not happening. I don't think the direction they were going to go, but I thought that would have been a really fun build-out Especially because uh, Andrade was pushing representing Hispanic talent so much. Thought that would have been really fun. Now it can't happen, even if it was gonna, but um, we'll see. I it love it. It can't happen
2: I- yet. I'm still pretty much of the mindset that we will get LFI or some kind of Ingonable faction in uh, AEW just because they're everywhere. So why not AEW?
1: Why not AEW? And that just means that I sing LFO on everybody's podcasts as many times as I can. So the the more they're in the conversation, the better.
2: <laughs> now you said LFO. Yeah. Now, are, are we going to start singing LFO on this podcast? Is that where we're going here? Are you going to sing along with me? Or is this going to be like
1: Bianca's gear where everybody wants you to be in it?
2: But I, I, you're
1: not dressed in your in your gems.
2: I'm a little more well-versed in the lyrics to Girl on TV than I am having Bianca's gear on the ready. I do apologize. Maybe next time.
1: Well, I will say that New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. So uh, China,
2: Chinese food, Chinese makes, me food sick.
1: makes me sick. And I when think I, that I do this girls girls stop, stop by for, for the summer. summer. For, for the, the summer. summer. I sing this at people constantly and you're the only person that's ever sung along. I'm so excited.
2: The amount of of LFO I genuinely listen to on a weekly basis is weird, but we can move on past that.
1: Well, we can move on past that, but what we can't move on past is Joey Bag of Donuts Super Chatting saying, Robert wears Bianca's gear or we riot.
2: You know, what happened was, so this I had hours notice, so (laughs) if I had had like a week... Maybe I could have gotten something together. And then, you know, maybe we would have all seen something that would have all made us want to avert our eyes and turn to Miro's God and Lord and Savior. So maybe we should all just be thankful that I'm not here in Bianca Belair's gear, who, by the way, looks fantastic every single week.
1: She she does. She looks like a star every single week. And Robert, so do you, darn it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. Well, I'm very excited that, I well, first of all, I'm excited. I got surprised on the show because I completely missed that this match was happening on Rampage. I love the idea of having it be like a 40 minute Iron Man match. That's a great call. Um, I that would make it feel like it had stakes, even though it's not necessarily like for a thing. It would make it feel very important. So I'm with you, and we will flip right into our main event. Of course, Daniel Garcia and Darby Allen. But before that can even happen, Colt's personality hits. Yes. CM Punk, as the markiest mark in the world, he looks so happy. Like, so happy every time I see him. He jumps into the crowd. He almost falls down. Like, (laughs) I'm sure security is like, you can't do this. You're going to die. You
2: can't keep doing this.
1: (laughs) But he finally sits down at the commentary table uh, I there were so many things to like in this match. And there were a lot of really great things uh, that I, I liked about Punk on commentary. That whole rear naked choke, oh, <laughs> that spot just absolutely ruled. I loved Punk saying that I have a nasty one of those. Now I'm seeing he can't counter it. Uh, he also noted uh, the Pepsi plunge, which I thought was great, or the Pepsi twist. Called out some other soda named after moves. And I also love that he said uh, being in Chicago is a disadvantage at this point because... Darby's almost like off the hook here. He's the guy with something to prove. He's the one that's going to be letting down his hometown. Kind of skirted around some stuff that Jericho brought up, which I thought was funny because I think he didn't want to go back to his past days. But what did you think about CM Punk on commentary before we even get
2: fully into this match, Robert? Well, before we get fully into this match, I do have to mention a fan, a genius fan offered CM Punk his beer and Punk just looked at him like, do you know who I am? And I thought that <laughs> that was a beautiful, beautiful Aww. moment. But Punk on commentary, as always, as it was 10 years ago, it's fantastic. Uh, Jericho asking, I'm president you wear a sport coat out here. It was very good. Punk says, that's the old me. I want to do that. Punk was also asked by Jericho, is your sister going to be there? Because she slapped me in the face once. <laughs> a great callback. And yeah, I also like the... I have a great rear naked choke hold. It's actually getting it in that I can't, which is a great nod to the fact that CM Punk had a run in UFC and uh, maybe it didn't go so hot. That's okay. Cause he tried. That's true. He might have a great rear naked choke. We never really saw it get applied.
1: There it is. I, I really loved how, uh, how much it made it seem like, Hey, I'm doing commentary, but I'm also out here scouting. like, And and him just saying that he was nervous. Like, I I love all that stuff. Like, it just makes it feel important.
2: And this has been a great first feud. Well, it's not even really a feud. It's just CM Punk talking about returning to wrestling. I can't wait to see him get into an actual feud where he's invested. But right now he's making everything he does so real. And that's been so much fun.
1: We got a super chat from Rob Reed who said, what a weird Daniel Bryan <laughs> debut offering CM Punk a beer from the crowd. That would be a hell of a heel turn, uh, Bryan coming in.
2: <laughs> That's a very weird Daniel Bryan uh, lookalike in the crowd there. But I, I am so excited for the future of this company. We don't know when Brian's going to show up, but we have a good idea that he's coming because Punk basically said... Yeah, just be a little more patient and i can't wait i cannot wait
1: i couldn't agree more so this match i thought was great too we talk all the time about clashes of styles when two people who really know what they're doing get in the ring this i thought was a fantastic example of that garcia looks great i think he's like 22 or something uh, that
2: disappointed. that's heartbreaking for me because he's already accomplished far more than i ever will in life
1: it's gross like it's a little it's gross. It's,
2: it's terrible <laughs>
1: But I thought he was fantastic. I also loved Punk putting him over and said, hey, if Darby doesn't make it to Sunday, I'll fight Daniel Garcia. Like, that'll be the the next guy. He looked great in this match, and he does not look like he is scared of the lights at all. In fact, on, on Wednesday, he was beating someone down, and I think Sting interrupted... And he kind of looked at Sting like, oh, shit. And then just kept beating the hell out of him. Like, little things like that are not something that you see from such young talent excelling at on TV so quick. But I really like what he's shown us so far. I've seen some of his work on the Indies. Him and J.D. Drake had an incredible match over the weekend. Um, how do you feel about Daniel Garcia? I, I love the relationship with Ever Rise as well.
2: I cannot believe, first of all, that we haven't seen a Daniel Garcia is all elite graphic grace our Twitter feed yet. This man, by the way, was in two places at once. He opened (laughs) NJPW Strong and closed the night on Rampage. This man, he's fantastic. He deserves all of the love and praise he's getting. And also 2.0, I praise him every week on the Wednesday show. These guys were the staple of 205 Live, and now they're in there with Sting. They're in there with, you know, Punk. It's just great to see what they're doing. And I love that they're just like, our son. This is our son. This is their surrogate son. This is a my two dad situation that they've got going on with Daniel Garcia. And I love it.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I also love in general in AEW, like Wheeler Yuda doesn't really make like total sense with best friends, but he's great and it works. Like Daniel Garcia and Everise don't totally make sense, but they make it work. And I love stables like that of people just being complete misfits. But we have a super chat here from Danny Valentin who says... I don't know what kind of agreement Garcia is under, but TK putting him in such a prominent position shows he really believes in him. I mean, why wouldn't you? This guy is delivering already at such a young age. I think it's so smart to break people in on dark and to just, you know, let them kind of take some baby steps, put their toe in the water before they dive in fully. And he's certainly showed that he's ready, in my opinion.
2: I mean, my God, if you have a 22-year-old who has the makings of a Bret Hart or a Kurt Angle in terms of technical prowess, you really should take advantage. And Tony Khan is a smart man and he's doing so. We also have a super chat here from James Barris that says, there has to be a hangman versus punk angle in the wings, right? It makes sense. Alcoholic cowboy, straight edge punk. I I think so. I think at some point we got to get there. And we haven't seen punk beat up the whole straight edge thing in the last 10 years But I'm sure it's like riding a bike. You don't forget how to do that. And it's a good angle waiting to happen.
1: Absolutely. And Serena Deeve and Carl Anderson are waiting right there. But another super chat here just saying that they popped so hard for Punk's expression when that guy offered him a drink. (laughs) Me too. That was such a, a funny, sincere moment. A uh, couple more super chats on this. I hope that punk crowd surfs in Cincinnati so you can be a part of that. I hope so for you too, but I hope
2: you catch them pal. Cause you I- gotta make <laughs> sure that that man is safe.
1: Couldn't agree more. And I think you might, uh, it might be Moxley doing the crowd surfing in Cincinnati. Yeah. I have a feeling <laughs> some great, great stuff. Anything else on uh, on Rampage or your thoughts even headed into All Out here, Robert? What are you feeling about the card? Do you think there's any surprises in store? Any Easter eggs from tonight?
2: I think, uh, Oh well, first of all, we got a, one super chat here from Rob Reed that says, on one hand, I want to see Punk use the Pepsi Plunge. On the other hand, I don't want to see him blow out his knees on night one. Yeah, I don't know if doing a top rope pedigree would be wise at this <laughs> stage in the game, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. I liked rampage. Look, I think it's been a great one hour show. It flies by and punk looks great. I'm looking forward to that match with Darby.
1: I, I mean, this is like my dream. It still doesn't feel real. So it's pretty wild, but some overall thoughts too, from the nerd guru who said, I really liked rampage tonight. I need Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, but the final image of this show had to be punk hitting sting with the GTS. Um, I, I, I'm okay with how they've built this out. I've loved the face to face, but mutual respect with Darby Allen thing because when you go out there and you say, "If I was 15 years old, uh, you know, Darby Allen would be my favorite wrestler," like this is a really, really great way to put over someone who's kind of already made right. Like, I don't think anybody was doubting whether or not Darby Allen was over. He's one of the highest-rated segments continually, but I don't, I don't need like a GTS to to sting even like I, I it seems like such a friendly rivalry and sting saying that he's gonna stay out of the way like i have really liked how they built this out in such a short time
2: i did as well you know it, they've built a lot of this show really really quickly and also speaking of the show in general we had a super chat from evan Wright that says i thought jericho was much better on commentary he yelled of course but it was warranted when he did Love Mark Henry doing the interviews as well. What do you think about that with Mark Henry, you know, doing the WWF face-to-face interviews and stuff like that right before the main event? I do enjoy that. I enjoy when the talent is good. And tonight the talent was great. I
1: couldn't agree more. And I I like it right now. I think I'm going to love it. It makes it feel like the main event is really important. I think Mark Henry just needs a little bit of time. Like, I feel like he's maybe not super comfortable yet um but i like the split screen thing i kind of almost just wish they were just standing next to each other like i don't need yeah. <laughs> like this segmented thing but i do like it cuz it makes it feel like a big fight and at that point it's usually what like 10:45 or whatever at night yeah. like it's nice to take a moment and be like hey this fight's the big deal um so i i like these and i think i'll like them more as these segments kind of evolve and as Mark Henry feels more comfortable, just a couple more super chats before we move on to SmackDown. Uh, Joseph Turk says make the Kingston shirt, a Bible verse for Dean D's nuts, Kingston, 1981.
2: I I'm like that. I do like that.
1: 900 of them. I love that idea. Uh, Oscar Villanueva, I hope I said that right. Uh, Rampage was fire. Miro versus Eddie 2 at Arthur Ashe. That's what I'm hoping for, buddy. My goodness. Well,
2: let's get through Miro versus Eddie 1, because maybe we don't even need a second. But we will definitely see if they end up extending that feud to Arthur Arthur Ashe Stadium.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways that Arthur Ashe, they can go if they're going for those hometown moments. I certainly uh, proud and powerful could take the belt off the bucks there as well. Plenty of possibilities. This company is constantly surprising me. I think we already read this one, but you know what? I'm going to read it again from Van Twin Blade because Eddie's D's nuts bit killed me. I love that man. I love him too. And you know what? I'll repeat that super chat because like that's what we got the most super chats about on rampage yeah that I was just the crazy the comments and it it was earned <laughs> it,
2: it was definitely the highlight of the night i think and kudos to eddie for just knowing again how to make everything seem so real
1: i couldn't agree more um there's a couple of more general super chats that I want to hit before we head into SmackDown. Um, JW Pringle mentioning this, and I also meant to mention this at the top of the show that with the passing of, of Daphne Unger, I wanted to ask everyone to please take care of their mental health. If you think you need help, seek it out. You are loved and worthy. We need you in this world. Just echoing that too, you are not alone. It was such a tragic passing. Um, and right before today's actually Hanukkah Mora's birthday, so. I did want to mention that at the top of the show. We'll take a breath here for that. But um, I know a lot of people have paid a lot of great tributes. Sean did a wonderful video just acknowledging it. um, And I know that our own Joel Pearl, who I think is probably moderating right now, also did a watch along where um, he watched, you know, went back and watched some of Daphne's work and everything on Twitch that uh, was in the way of subscriptions or bits uh, went to suicide prevention. So, Thank you internally to the Fightful team that handled that with such dignity. And yes, please, please, please take care of yourselves. Um, A couple of other super chats and a little more lighthearted. Brandon Charles Powell saying, just showing some love to you two legends. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you.
2: Yeah. Mostly talking about you. I'm I'm no legend.
1: Well, if you would wear Bianca's gear, Robert,
2: I'd be a legend for all the wrong reasons.
1: Ryan Sullivan saying, so we have Kalex on Tuesdays. Is this K-Bert, Cobb, Cobb? Somebody called us Cobb online. I kind of popped for that. That was really fun.
2: <laughs> uh, somebody did call us Cobb. I like Cobb, you know, I like that. I think that, yeah. that works.
1: And Ian Hunter too saying, maybe dating myself, but I remember q as a kid. But now it's time for K-Bert, cobb I, we're gonna I think we're going to
2: K-Bert. K-Bert, yeah, we're K-Bert oh. now. I guess that's that's what it is.
1: I'll take this is what it. what you're getting. P.S. Glad you're safe, Kate. Thank you very much. We had some insane
0: weather happening here. Yeah. Say goodbye
1: new jersey but seems like it's behind us so is aw rampage
0: hold on because good news
2: you did say his name right oscar will Says oh. i probably just butchered it there but he said you said it correct kate appreciation super chat
1: oh thank you for for just doing what i should be able to do but we did also get one more appreciation super chat from JV love. Uh, kudos to Fightful for putting together another winning combination and Kate and Roberts, I'll take it. I'll take it too. Let's talk winning combinations uh, on SmackDown. We opened with the Usos and the Street Profits. Uh, I I really liked this match. Uh, it's always good to see Montez Ford in the ring. In my opinion, he's just fantastic, but What did you think of of the Usos promo before this match? How are you feeling about this bloodline situation? What did you think of this opener, Robert?
2: I like the bloodline situation. I think it's been one of the only consistent stories WWE has told in the last year. These four know how to work. And when you got four guys in the ring that know how to wrestle, it's always going to be good. It's high octane. It's great. It unfortunately ends with a DQ finish. It's one thing I love about AEW is you don't have to deal with those because obviously they're just stretching it out, maybe to extreme rules, maybe to a ladder match. I'm fantasy booking, but I think at some point you got to have these teams in a legit pay-per-view, you know, not main event because they don't main event with tag teams, but high profile match.
1: I couldn't agree more. So there were a few things. In-ring-wise, this was fantastic. Like, the hang time that Montez Ford gets off the ropes is insane. He's just in the air for, like, 25 seconds. Um, So in in Ring of Honor, they do something that's called a proving ground match, which is essentially the same thing where it's um, for a title shot. Like, it's a match that says, hey, I'm not, like, obvious for a title right now, but, like, if I win this match, then I get a title shot. I actually love this when there's like clear reasons that it's happening. Why you do this type of match and then finish with the DQ finish, Robert? I don't understand. Like the stipulation is set up so that you can have a rematch, which they love to do in WWE, and you have a DQ anyway. What is the point of the stipulation here?
2: I think it's one of those things where they have such a formulaic way of telling stories that they just can't seem to get around them. And look, I don't always want to fault creative here because they have so much ridiculous television to book that it they're almost on autopilot. It's here, just do the thing, get to the DQ so we can drag it out to next week. They're they're too spread thin and they need to cut back on some things to make other things feel more important, and that's what needs to happen here.
1: I couldn't agree more. It's just, I don't know if everybody's spread too thin doing seven hours of content and they just fall into these patterns. But man, I, I like when there's rules, um, or like stipulations that make sense and the proving ground match in ROH or whatever they're calling it here, a contendership match or whatever I think is such a good one, but to to have it end with an, a DQ just made absolutely no sense to me, but loved a lot of what we saw in ring. I thought it was great. And we swing right into one of my favorite segments of the night, Paul Heyman. He's backstage getting interviewed and quickly into his interview Brock's music hits. But you know what, Robert? It's not because he's coming down to the ring. It's not because he's coming out for a segment. It's Paul Heyman's ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) And Brock is calling him. And like he's caught in a love affair, Robert. Uh. He... Kills me with this. And what I love about this so much is everything with the bloodline has been like serious as a heart attack, right? Like it's felt very, very real and very vicious and very calculated. And this heel Roman, I think, has been obviously like their home run for the past year and a half. This silliness was fantastic to me.
2: And not to be outdone, Kayla Braxton <laughs> was just eating up. Paul Heyman just. Uh, I I can't talk right now. As though, like you said, he was caught in a love affair, and it's just like, I can't talk right now. This is the worst possible time. And, of course, we would find out Brock Lesnar is coming to SmackDown. Now, I have a theory, and I don't know how you feel about this. I think Paul Heyman wasn't so confident in Roman's abilities against John Cena and called in Brock Lesnar as the cleanup hitter to take the belt from John. And now he's kind of stuck between his two clients because, oh, Roman got out of there. And now what am I going to do? I have to choose, but I can't choose. Because obviously Paul Heyman loves Brock Lesnar in a way that very few people love anybody on the planet. But of course, Roman Reigns, he is the meal ticket. He is the future. He is the now. Paul Heyman's kind of stuck here and I wouldn't want to be him.
1: I would not want to be him either because I I firmly believe that either of them could kick Paul Heyman's ass. So (laughs) I like that idea. I don't have faith that creative is as creative as you are. Um, But I think he did know that Brock was coming. I don't think we're going to be that stupid about it, but... Uh, I I just, I loved this segment. I think you're right about Kayla. She was just eating this up. It was so much fun.
2: And it's so um, good. Like WWE backstage interviewers, they're robots half the time. And for Kayla to be able to show some actual personality and to be able to emote and add to the story really helps things. And I hope they take that note for other backstage interviewers.
1: Couldn't agree more. Super fun segment. And then we swing right into the man. Uh, a quick super chat here that said no women's match was upsetting again. Yeah, man, I was real, real mad about that. <laughs> I, it's such a disservice. We did get a couple of women's segments where Liv Morgan got to say like a, an entire word which was really exciting. Um, but yeah, there's no women's on card on the match. Kind of no excuse for that at, at this point in the game um, between the way that Liv got treated and then the Tony Storm thing, which we'll get into. But uh, this definitely feels like we're headed back to the Divas era, huh?
2: <laughs> I mean, well, we are headed back to the WWE ECW era, if you believe certain reports. It seems like they're trying to just go straight back to... Before NXT and before, you know, a lot of the, uh, I don't want to say Triple H inventions, but the Triple H led ideas, or at least those that are perceived to be. It's very strange. I'm good with it for now, but if it starts to run on to where it's just, okay, this girl's in love with this guy, and that's the only story we're going to tell here. Hopefully we don't get that far. But tonight wasn't a good sign, except Becky and Bianca know what they're doing on a microphone.
1: That is very true. So, in the positive vein, uh, well, let's start off with with the one thing that's blatantly obvious to me: Uh, Becky ain't a heel, Robert.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, it's obvious to you because I guess you're listening to the audience. Uh, Anybody who wants Becky Lynch to be a heel, even if Becky Lynch wants Becky Lynch to be a heel, you're not going to get booed for being one of the only intelligent people on the roster, male, female, Raw, SmackDown, doesn't matter. You're showing intelligence. People are going to cheer that. I don't know why they think, oh, this will get her booed. It got you booed for creative for doing that (laughs) in 10 seconds at SummerSlam. It didn't get Becky booed. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see where they go.
1: I couldn't agree more. And Becky got a huge pop. And you know what, Robert? You can get a huge pop in your pants. That's right. It's blue read time. I probably should have brought it up on the Eddie Kingston D's nuts thing, but here we go. Becky got a huge pop. You need a huge pop. Guess who's got you covered? Sean Ross Sapp does.
0: I hear you. Times are rough. We just got out of uh, a, a wild situation, a wild year, and people are saying, you know what? It's a hard knock life, but I disagree. Instead, I believe it's a hard cock life when you use Blue Chew and the code Fightful and you get your first shipment free. Free? All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping? Blue Chew is made with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they work on your schedule. Full stomach, empty stomach, ready to go, wanna get in the mood? Blue Chew has you covered. Instead of treated, we get tricked. Instead of kisses... We get kicked. I don't think so. More like somebody's getting dicked when you use bluechew.com. No awkward conversations with the doctor. Because, I mean, you know, I'm all about not being awkward. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's because they work with their online physicians to get the active ingredient you need. And it ships straight to your door. Bluechew.com and the code Fife will get you your first shipment free. That's how confident they are. Free use that promo code fightful hardcock life.
1: There you go. Even when he's not here, Sean is contracted uh, to do those reads. And so, because he's not here, I have to say eye contact.
2: Well, outside of the eye contact and outside of the hardcock life, I do have to say the balls on Sean Ross out to have an action figure of himself sitting on the table as he speaks about dick pills and hard cock life hats off to sean ross who is killing it over in chicago for all that weekend
1: absolutely and you know what we missed it with eddie in the in the redeem these nuts but we are talking about the blue brand smackdown we might as well talk about blue chew at the same time that's all right we need
2: we need an offer for these uh SmackDown and these WWE talks. So I think saving it for this was pretty good.
1: I, yeah, I think we did all right with that, right? I'll take it. I'd say so. <laughs> so uh, there was a lot to like about this segment. Back to Becky with just regular pop, not in her pants, uh, just getting a huge reaction from the crowd. She ain't a heel. Um, I think she could work heel if they had her come back and then turn. Like if there was a moment where she did something particularly vicious and kept this attitude I think that could have worked, but it ain't working here. Uh, She came out. The crowd was roaring. There were a lot of things that I liked. They piped in booze again, which was incredibly obvious because everybody was cheering, and then all of a sudden it was this mixed reaction. Uh, here
2: I thought we were done with the Thunderdome, by the way.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We're still... We got one foot in the door still, buddy. This is not good with the piped-in crowd noise. Um, But there was a lot to like about this. You know, I think Becky... She, as a heel, doesn't work that much differently than as a face, which makes this even more perplexing. But I liked a lot of what Bianca said here. I liked her calling her loss embarrassing because she was kind of calling it in my like what I heard was creative embarrassed me. Um, But then she started to get into this really beautiful, like authentic stuff about what the title meant to her and that it was bigger than just a belt. And, um, you know, and, and that she did a lot of work while Becky was gone. And damn it, if that's not true. (laughs) And Becky also putting her over as the only other woman to win a main event of WrestleMania, I also thought was great. A lot to unpack here. Robert, what did you think?
2: Uh, Very good promo. I I do have a bit of a problem with Bianca skipping to the ring and not just immediately going to attack Becky Lynch. Look, the promos are great, and that's fine. But I think we need to see some intensity from Bianca where she's just like, I don't want to talk. I ain't happy. Let's just fight right now because you embarrass me. They're doing this whole, hey, I'm the strongest, the toughest. I'm going to show that I am a legend when I beat you, which is fine. But show some aggression. I think people like to see baby faces that are badasses. That's why Stone Cold work. That's why, you know, The Rock work. That's why... You know, Goldberg still works today for live crowds. John Cena still works today for live crowds. They want to see people who are just like, I'll kick your ass right now because I can. And Bianca needs to do more of that.
1: You know who else that worked for really well? Becky Lynch. There you go. (laughs) The Nerd Guru says Becky calling out Roman was my favorite part. I can't believe I left that out. That was actually my favorite part too. Uh, And I may be optimistic, but Becky and Sasha are out of their... Sorry, I can't
2: read. <laughs> hey, Becky and Tasha <laughs> are out of there if the Divas era is back. AEW would thrive. I'd probably think AEW would thrive with women of their caliber. And look, they can never go back to two-minute matches and bra and panty pillow fights because people would just storm the ring. Like it's, It wouldn't happen. But it definitely feels like they're going with a different booking philosophy. And I'm not entirely sold yet, but I'm willing to give it a chance just to see where they go. Obviously we have AEW now that covers the wrestling side of wrestling. So let's see what they can give us with sports entertainment.
1: A couple other super chats about this. Zach Barber saying Becky Lynch is as much of a heel as I am a Hasidic Jew parentheses. I'm not parentheses, which I appreciate. <laughs> and Cyclops is better than Wolverine debatable. I enjoyed SmackDown more because Bianca killed it in her profile. That's extremely fair. Um, I, I'm with you where it would be nice to see a little bit more fire out of Bianca. Like if that title meant that much to you, why aren't you more pissed and fighting someone about it right now instead of waiting? Um, But it's at least good promo work. Uh, We also had the new, the nerd guru saying SmackDown was good. Becky Bianca was a really good promo in the main event ruled, but yeah, no women's match is unexcusable. Also
2: demon King. We'll We'll get to it. We'll get there, (laughs) but I'll say this next week. They're going to do the contract signing. I think that's where Banks shows up. I think Banks should probably be good to go. And we get a triple threat at Extreme Rules to kind of drag out the inevitable one-on-one between Becky and Bianca.
1: Oh, weird. Dragging it out. WWE? Never. But I will say WWE does a really good job with triple threat matches in general. I don't love them because I think they usually make no sense. But the stories they tell within them and the talent that usually go in there are pretty good. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, Moving on. To Rick Boogs and Tony (sighs) Storm and Dolph Ziggler. In a segment that made me want to jump off a bridge for several reasons, Robert Dolph Ziggler is really, really good at this. Okay, he's a great pro wrestler. I don't understand uh, why this is how he's being used. I don't understand why Tony Storm's big return to TV was her jumping in Rick Boogs' corner as like some sort of like weird sex pot that turned down Dolph's dick- like nothing about this made sense to me it was probably my most annoyed segment of the night what did you think of
2: this it's a love triangle that would play out in the wee hours of the morning in a karaoke bar in New Jersey I don't know how to feel about this like Tony Storm is great I knew she was a uh, goner when the first thing they said was Oh, she loves the 80s. Okay. All right. We're already done with her because how much can you really get out of that? Oh, I know. Let's have her interact with Dolph Ziggler, who believes he's in a Motley Crue cover band. (laughs) And I mean, credit to Dolph. Look, Dolph should have been a world champion 10 years ago. He should have headlined about five WrestleManias at this point. I, I have accepted that it's never happening. It is what it is. The Rick Boogs thing. I mean... He was Joe average. He's not average Joe anymore. He's a, he's Nakamura's hype man. And I'm, I'm here for it, but it's, I don't need to see it. Where, where do you go here?
1: Yeah, man. Um, I don't know where you go. Cause I don't understand why this is happening in the first place. I guess this sets up either a weird tag thing between as Sean says, the P wax, <laughs> the dirty dogs. And, uh, and Boogs and Nakamura, but that is a very weird idea. I don't know how Tony Storm fits in here. I don't know if we're just getting Rick Boogs and Dolph Ziggler. I think personality-wise, that could be a little bit fun. Um, but I just think Rick Boogs is is such a nerd, and I don't buy him as a face. Like I, I, I'm not in on that at all. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm not surprised that WWE would think, oh, this obnoxious guy who plays guitar, is a babyface, because he's a lot of fun. He is fun, but there's a fine line between fun and obnoxious, and he's really treading that line, and he's in danger of slipping over to the wrong side.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'm not excited about that. (sighs) I don't know where we go. So Bezo Banks also, we have another super chat about this starting to think Ziggler has a type because he did the same thing to Caitlin some years back. He's always in a love triangle and granted as a lady, I will say Ziggler's an attractive dude, but he was in a love triangle with Vicky Guerrero and the big show with Mandy with AJ Lee. Like he's constantly in these romance angles, but um, man. Yeah.
2: I mean, Ziggler is there. He's some good eye candy. So use them for what you got. I just, I feel bad for Tony in this case, because Tony can go in the ring. And if this is all you're going to do with her, you're really missing out. And at a time where they need more women wrestlers too.
1: Oh my gosh. Like, this is why I thought people were getting called up from NXT, but I guess that. that was just because NXT is dying a slow and painful death, which you can hear me and Alex talk about over Tuesday. Uh, Moving on into something just so fresh and different than we've ever seen before, Robert. Something, an absolute palate cleanser. Yes. Seth Rollins and Cesaro.
2: Oh, wow. I mean, like, I haven't seen that in, like, three, four weeks, maybe. So this feels really fresh. I'm really glad they let that one out of the Ziploc bag. You know, these guys are good. Good things are good. These two can wrestle. But they've absolutely buried it into the ground. Cesaro got his one win at Mania, and that's all it feels like he's ever gonna get.
1: Hell, man. It's like they re signed him and just were like, okay, well, now he's locked up and not going to AEW, so we'll just continue to treat him like crap. This was almost impressive to me, Robert, because (laughs) unpopular. (laughs) Brian F says, unpopular, Tig. Seth is always shoot unbearable. I actually disagree. I I really like Seth Rollins. But my thing here was this is it's almost impressive because we got a rematch of a mania feud that had been rematched to death. We got a no finish here. We got a DQ again. And all of that was to set up. You guessed it. Another rematch.
2: Now, like, I, I'm all what? right with the rematch of Edge and Rollins because Edge needs to work at the Garden, and I'm good with that. But I'm begging Rollins to start getting some wins here. He needs to reclaim some credibility because he's already like on the back end of the career where it's like, oh, you can afford to lose and you can afford to just be cycled through and through because you're bulletproof. Now we need something new from Seth Rollins. And I'm really hoping after this edge match, it's over and we can get him in like maybe a world title feud or something. Maybe he goes back to raw. Maybe he's the Monday night guy again, but we need him to do something new.
1: Man, oh man. I could not agree with you more. I will say we did get a Seth Rollins promo before this. I really liked the promo. I like him just kind of continually losing his mind and saying he watched the match a million times and he knows why he lost uh, and that he watched every match that Edge has ever wrestled. What I did not like was commentary saying that he had clearly moved on. Um, And I understand they were trying to swerve us from the fact that Edge was coming, but no part of that promo, Red, is I've moved on from Ed, unless you buy that, like, your crazy ex-girlfriend who
2: is still... That's like, what I was going to say. It's, it's, the, it's like, the crazy girl who always mentions you and everything she says and does. But it's I moved on, I swear. But let me talk about them for another 20 minutes. You know? So I guess he's moved on in that way. But he's clearly going through something. Hopefully he works it out of his system next week when they clash in the garden. Should be a lot of fun. I do like watching these two work.
1: I liked watching these two work a lot. I also really like watching Seth Rollins and Cesaro work a lot. I would love, and I'm not mad about them running Seth an Edge back. That makes sense. But to have Cesaro be the catalyst that gets you there. And they could have just had Seth go over clean. I, I don't understand that at all because yeah. Cesaro is not like in a program where that's painful. Um, just makes no sense to me. But we have a super chat from Brandon Charles Powell here saying that the only thing I want to see between Cesaro and Seth is Cesaro wit swinging Seth on top of Hell in the Cell. Otherwise, end this feud already. And they
2: didn't even put them in the cell. They had them wrestle at the Hell in the Cell pay per view. Didn't put them in the cell. And it looks like Cesaro is not even going to get an IC title or something. It seems like they just kind of moved on. He got his WrestleMania and you should be good with that is the way that I read that.
1: Which is crazy, too, because he still gets these reactions and they're not even piped in. So just ridiculous in in my estimation. But yeah, I don't think we need to run that back ever again. And speaking of things, man, I I liked the first hour of the show. And then the second hour I got real sad. Uh, But you know who was happy?
2: Right, let me guess was it happy corbin
1: yes it was happy corbin oh. and his fedora uh <laughs> kevin owens is one of my favorite pro wrestlers in the world what what is what is this why is he in there with happy corbin and logan paul i just it makes me so sad and um Are i will say that?
2: You're not a fan of the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan Paul.
1: I am not a fan of them. I I am a fan of Kevin Owens having like a ripped muscle tee and a tie on. And then he said, like, you should know it's it's KOTV, right? Because it's like, I got I got my I got my tie. We're formal now.
2: Um, It seems like he's kind of mentally checked out sometimes when you when you listen to him talk. He seems like he's mentally checked out.
1: When he was on commentary last week, I was like, this guy doesn't give a shit right now. <laughs> he was, like, so candid about everything. Um, but this segment, you know what? I will say the the Corbin stuff, uh, I didn't like the, the downtrodden part as a matter of taste. I was very much in Alex's camp about the way that they were talking about poverty. Happy Corbin. Uh, being very irresponsible with his newfound money is kind of fun. His dumb hat. His like this character work from him is by far the best we've seen. I don't need Logan Paul on my television, especially on a random Smackdown. It does not feel like uh, it has any importance really. and I I just I don't I don't get it.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give Logan some credit here. He has accepted that the people do not like him and has started to play into the fact that people don't like him. If this leads to like Logan Paul against Kevin Owens in some wrestling match where he takes the stunner, I'm all for it. I know why they want him there. It's mainstream entertainment. He is a social media influencer. He's a lot of things. He's not for me and he's clearly not for a lot of people in our chat, but it's <laughs> they they want to be bigger than wrestling. They have always wanted to be bigger than wrestling and Logan Paul to the majority of people is more important outside of the world of professional wrestling. We got a super chat from the nerd guru that says, you cannot convince me that even though Logan Paul is a boxer, that KO couldn't knock that internet dork out real quick. (laughs) KO is badass. I do feel like Kevin Owens could probably knock Logan Paul out pretty quickly, but you know, I, again, that's why I think he did good tonight because he was clearly, I know you don't like me. Here's some money. I'm going to be an asshole because I know that's what the fans want. So if he can tap into that, I'm all for Logan Paul. Just not on an every week basis.
1: You guys know what he is? Short Paul. Short (laughs) Paul. I just thought of that now. I'm so excited. The other thing that uh, is very, very nitpicky, even for me, um, we in like the Edge and Rollins stuff, we're moving into a quick edge promo right now. Um, he said like, you know, he sees a lot of himself in Seth Rollins. And we also had happy Corbin seeing a lot of himself in Logan Paul. Is this the, the, the male version of how all WWE women are best friends? Are we now seeing each other? Is this the new can they coexist? Yeah. I see Myself and you like getting it back to back was a little bit barfy. And a couple it's- other things with this edge segment, uh, It was fine, except for the part where he said, I'm directly talking to Seth Rollins and then spoke to a camera when Seth is backstage. But
2: what did you think of this, Rob? I mean, maybe Seth had a monitor. You know, hopefully he was standing sideways looking at a monitor and that's who he was talking to. You know, but the promo is fine. Edge is my favorite wrestler. You're never going to get me to say anything bad about Edge. He can wrestle after 10 years and that is still great and should be appreciated and respected. I'm with you with the whole... I see myself in you. I think you've got something. They hit these notes. And it's like it's like a Red Hot Chili Peppers song where it's like, it sounds the same. I love them. Don't get me wrong. They're all good, but they all sound the same. You can almost intermix the lyrics. It's kind of lame. You want new, fresh voices, new, fresh faces. Uh Brickbat over here saying kebab is a better nickname for you and I. You know I'm I'm with it. I'm here for the barbecue food, the corn on the cob, the shish kebabs. I'm here for it. Me and you kebab. I like that.
1: So in on (laughs) kebab.
2: All in on kebab.
1: That rules. So moving right along past that edge segment where he was talking to Seth Rollins, or Seth Rollins is hopefully watching (laughs) a monitor, uh. Where do we go from here?
2: Well, we had a oh. backstage segment with all of the women. And again, like Naomi's on SmackDown now, right? And that's that's fantastic. We have known for a while that Naomi was headed over to SmackDown. I think it was shortly after money in the bank, but she keeps showing up. And Sony DeVille's kind of just like, Bro, why are you here? Well, we got nothing for you right now. Why are they doing this to Naomi? When when you could have easily had Naomi show up. As the mystery opponent for Bianca, hey, how did she get the match? Because Roman said, look, if you're going to be here, you got to have gold. You're in the family. That's an easy story to tell. But I guess they don't want to turn Naomi heel because those glow title belts that they're selling make so much Wait, Nope. That can't be why. I mean, maybe it's all that glow. No, no, that can't be why either. I don't know why they don't want to do anything fun with Naomi. She definitely deserves it. I know this is a popular topic every week on the internet and we do have a super chat from uh basil banks that says all the smackdown girlies just decided backstage was their passion tonight going to smackdown next week for my birthday and wow what a stacked show keep up the great work well thank you and i do hope we see more of the smackdown women moving forward
1: i don't think backstage was their passion tonight i think if they had a choice they would rather be wrestling um but i agree with you this the segment I mean Liv basically was like oh cool (laughs) like like just uh you know the Sonia and Naomi stuff the Carmela and Liv stuff it's just uh it feels very insulting and it feels like such a, a step back as a woman to watch like women who can really go to like I think Naomi was so underrated when the four horsewomen stepped in. Like people forgot how incredible and athletic she is. Liv is so over. Naomi is always so over. Everybody's just rooting for these women. Um, and It's just, uh, it's perplexing why they don't just want to give their audience what they want. But I guess. The Liv
2: and Mella stuff to me feels like they're trying to do a, you know, of the time, popular girl on social media with all the filters versus the outcast maybe the e-girl kind of in Liv morgan that's fine but i think if you're not me and you're not trying to force that narrative in your brain so some of this makes sense you know then what are you getting out of this they need to tell those stories in better ways
1: here's the problem with that as someone who was a fucking theater nerd outcast. Liv Morgan is hot as hell, okay, people? I'll say it. Straight woman, I'm fine. Like, Liv Morgan is gorgeous, and she's thirst-trapping people all the time. This does not work that way. (laughs) Like, you can't do that with, like, two real hot girls to call one of them, like, a nerdy outcast. She's stunning gorgeous beautiful that's why she still has a job probably (laughs) so that didn't work for me at all but uh you know you
2: you will get no argument from me on that front and i agree with you but i think that's the story they want to tell hopefully they get around to doing that uh we got another one here from bezo banks that says whenever they feel like doing naomi and usos versus bianca and the street profits i'll be here waiting my girl literally glowed as sonia passed her Star, look. Now, I love that idea of Naomi and the Usos against Bianca in the street province. Here's what I don't like. The minute they do it for the first time ever, they're going to run it back about five times in two weeks. And you're going to get so sick of it so quickly that you're not going to know what to do.
1: And in several different permutations, like it'll be uh, Bianca and Montez, and then it'll be Bianca and Dawkins, and then it'll be none of the like. They are going to beat that into the ever-loving ground. I couldn't agree with you more. Speaking of things we're beating into the ground, Robert, Dominic Mysterio,
2: uh.
1: <laughs> Sammy Zayn, um, I this was this was fine. Sammy Zayn is a national treasure. I just don't care that much until Dominic eventually turns on his dad. I think I'll care then, but until then, I just am kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah, I look. If please tune in to Fightful Select for sour grapes where Alex Pulowski will bury the hell out of Dominic Mysterio. I feel bad for the kid. The bloom is off the rose. He stepped up in a real hard time during the pandemic. Had a great match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Had another great one in the cage. And then once the fans came back, it was sort of like the holes were showing in his game. But I think he'll be able to turn it around. I just don't care. I don't know why they keep talking about him on commentary like he's five years old. Oh, his young son, Dominic. His young son carries him to the ring. I don't know why we're, we're doing this thing with Dominic. Because I think you could do so much more. But, yeah, the money's in the heel turn. And the eventual, what I would do, WrestleMania match. Where it's, you're not even my dad. Eddie's my dad. And, like, you know, you've been lying to me since I was born. So, why should I even believe that you have my best interest at heart now? That's the story I'd tell. WrestleMania is in Texas, the home of the Guerreros. But it'll be a lot of fun. That's where I would go with it. But I can't get there soon enough
1: they would have to acknowledge history which they're not super into doing right now um but yeah and even i even if you're going to slow burn it to mania i would love to see something out of dominic where he's just starting to get annoyed like like every kid every young child gets at their parents of like like dad Appreciate you, but I got it. Like, that part needs to start right now because this is just so run its course. My notes literally say, boring, but fine. That's kind of, yeah. yeah that and, probably- and
2: that is what it is. Sami Zayn needs a feud. He needs a direction. He needs probably a babyface turn. I like the Sami Zayn, I am a conspiracy theorist. The world's out to get me. But I like Ska dancing Sami Zayn as a babyface a whole lot more and i think the audience does as well so you know that is what it is and that's what i think we need to see from the, a guy who honestly should have been like a five-time Intercontinental champion and maybe even had a world title match on pay-per-view by this point uh, so,
1: is better than wolverine says i'm going to take ray and do him like old yellow my goodness
2: i mean that, that was almost us. as hard as eddie kingston shooting on jesus tonight I would never want to see anybody do down do Ray like poor old Yella, but that's that's a good promo direction to get if we get that far.
1: I I mean, my goodness, Eddie Kingston's also murdered someone in canon, so that's a tough thing to compare to. But old Yeller, jeez! All right, you guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. By the way, we are going to move into the main event.
2: This hey, is get your super role. chats in because this is your last chance to get our comments on whatever you really feel like. Super chatting. So get them all in now and we'll get them all in before we get out of here.
1: Including, but not limited to the fact that Robert did not wear Bianca's gear today, but we are going to swing into what honestly was a really, I felt like a great match with a great story and felt like an important main event for the first time in a real long time on WWE programming. Um, Finn did something that's just insane, where he uh, acknowledged that he never lost the belt. (laughs) Crazy, I know. People don't really talk about their history. Charlotte and Rhea don't talk about it. Uh, Drew and Ginder certainly don't talk about it. But Finn is like, hey, I never actually lost the title. And John Cena illegally took a contract from me. So uh, now I'm mad about it. We do get some gang wars here. We take the AEW trope and we apply it to SmackDown. The Usos come out for a beatdown beforehand. Kind of expected with the bloodline. Um, But overall, I, I thought this match was great. And it's what can happen when you let wrestlers wrestler and you get out of the way. So many great spots in this. Finn looked like a star. Uh, What did you think about this, Robert?
2: Well, first of all, in order to have gang wars, you need to have baby faces who actually have friends. See, that's the difference. They don't have friends in WWE. They just have people who would rather sit backstage and watch them get their ass kicked. Except for
1: the women who have best. Who have
2: best friends, because everybody's got to be paired (laughs) off. So you had Finn get beat up, but he still fought back. I thought this was a really fun match. These two do have great chemistry, and I'm a little worried that... It'll be brushed to the side for now because I think we have Brock Lesnar coming in. He obviously has a bone to pick with Roman, but this match was a lot of fun. Finn Balor has some of the best offense in wrestling. He's got, you know, the final cut elbow. He did the uh, the sling blade, the coup de gras, which I saw somebody ask. I believe we have a super chat about it. It's, we
1: do uh El Ray, Ray Velez. Velez. Was the coup de grace protected finisher? That's a ish.
2: Um, yes, because like only Roman has kicked out of it, and that's fine because he's Roman, and he also barely kicked out of it, and only did so yeah. just a low blow, Finn Balor, which I I like that. I think that works because it looks accidental, and obviously Roman doesn't even beat him with the spear. He gets that guillotine in, and Finn fades. And we now are like, oh, we're on the Reigns next week, Brock Lesnar. And for five seconds, there is just the demon noise. And I thought that is the most Undertaker thing they have ever done with a character that isn't the Undertaker in years. And I like this. Finn hasn't done the demon character since he fought the Fiend in the Fiend's debut match, which was two years ago now. so it's it'll be a fresh take you know and i'm here for it i want to see the demon my guess is we end up getting demon versus roman at extreme rules because i think we're saving brock lesnar for saudi arabia and crown jewel
1: that is a good call i was thinking maybe we get a triple threat because i feel like that's a good way to protect a lot of people um And that way Finn could lose without actually losing. So when they want to run that back 974 more times, they could. Um, But there was a lot to like in this match. There was a super creative spot where Roman was caught between like the apron, like the literal ring skirt and uh, the actual ring. And and Finn just started jumping on him, like just beating the shit out of him. Just really creative stuff. and, And Finn finds a way to make everything feel so exciting and new. I really appreciate that about him um owens and sammy doing the same thing where they can make things feel really fresh some closing yeah. super chats here
2: oh hold on well go ahead actually do you think naomi and uh, sonya will have a match i think they missed the boat on live and sonya having a match for money in the bank but i think at some point sonya's got to get back in that ring she was too good of a character when she was taken out of the game sadly due to some unfortunate events But I think she's eventually getting back in the ring. And I'm also being told here that Finn Balor was not the demon during the Fiend's debut. So it's been even longer than than two years for the demon. So it's definitely time. And I definitely think that's a marketable pitch for Extreme Rules, right? The horror show at Extreme Rules. Hopefully we never get that again. But that is something you can do with the demon.
1: That is very true. Any other thoughts closing out SmackDown or the show, Robert? We made it. I,
2: I think SmackDown is uh, a really solid WWE program, which is terrible because I mean, it's like a it's like a six and a half or a seven on a scale of ten, and that's like a fifteen compared to a Raw or an NXT or <laughs> anything else going on. But outside of this night, overall. I think Rampage was a solid show. Got a super chat here from the nerd guru that says maybe at 35 is the last time we saw the demon. So that's, that's quite a while ago now. Man. So That's insane to think about. But yeah, I thought this night was great. And I think this weekend will be even better because, of course, Fightful is going to have boots on the ground in Chicago for All Out Weekend. It is the biggest weekend of AEW's wrestling calendar. CM Punk is back. Christian cage getting a title shot. Maybe some surprises. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know. I,
1: I think so. You, if there's anything that's going to be found out about it beforehand, you can certainly go to fightfulselect.com and subscribe there. Cause you will get accurate scoop skis over there. Um, I'm very excited for this weekend. I can't wait for now. I'm just like, so hyped for Miro and Eddie Redeem these nuts. Kingston and to get that T-shirt at some point. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Robert, for joining me tonight while uh, the rest of our team is just eating deep dish pizza and going to Cubs games and whatever you're doing in Chicago. Hope everybody's jerk. having fun there. I know. But you know what? I'm going to Arthur Ashe, so who knows? You'll have a good time. <laughs> thank you, guys. Please leave a thumbs up on your way out. We appreciate you. Until next time, I'll slip back into my Sean Hop impression.